This is VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. Now the host of Let's Talk Adoption, Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell. I'm your host for today, and we're looking forward to spending this time with you. We have got a wonderful show um, for you today. Um, anybody touched by adoption will be interested in this topic. Uh, we've created this show to be a resource for birth parents, adoptive parents, and adopted children. And uh, any adoptee, anybody touched by adoption will benefit from the program. Um, here at Let's Talk Adoption, we'll have a unique opportunity to share and contribute as a birth parent, adoptive parent, adoption professional, or as an adoptee. So send in your email questions to us, and we've already got some for our guests today. Today, our guest is Flori Herman. Flori is an adoption attorney, a filmmaker, adoptive mom, and today she is here to discuss and share with her her remarkable documentary film, I Have Roots and Branches. Uh, welcome to the show, Flori. Thank you, Marty. It is so nice to have you here. I have to tell you, um, I reviewed your your documentary, and it really is a wonderful, heartwarming film, and I had tears in my eyes. Um, oh. I've been an adoption professional for 18 years, and I'll tell you what, it is something I would love to have in the hands of anybody touched by adoption. I think you did an extremely wonderful job, and I am just so excited to ask you the questions that we can share with our guests. I wish they could see it, too. Um, tell me what sparked your interest in doing a film. I mean, you're, a do you're an attorney, you're busy, um, uh, you're an adoptive mom. <laughs> tell us a little bit about why and, and how you got this going. You know, I think over the years, um, both as a professional and, and as an adoptive parent, I've always marveled at the miracle of adoption. It is just truly a miracle uh, whether I'm witnessing a birth parent go through the final steps of relinquishing and, and making that incredible decision and then watching that moment and experiencing that moment as a parent when a child not born to you is placed in your arms and, and your commitment to love that child forever as your own. And as we grew as a family, um, it became so apparent to me that all of our experiences that we shared as a family, the crazy moments that we have, the birthdays, the holidays that we celebrate, the vacations that we take, you know, we're the same kind of family that I was growing up in my family and our family was not formed through adoption. Mm -hmm. And over the years as an adoptive parent, we always, you know, sought out resources, um, storybooks, things like that to teach our children about the fact that they had been adopted. And just something, you know, sort of grew inside, you know, I, I just had this vision that I would love to bring an adoption book or story to life and have real kids, real adults, and, and people who have been touched by adoption tell it their way, talk about it. And I just thought that that would really be just coming at you real big and live, real kids talking to kids, something that my children could relate to. So that's kind of how the idea evolved. Well, that's wonderful. Now, let's get some background about it. You have how many children? And two children. Okay, two children. Are they brought to you both by adoption? Yes, they're okay. both adopted privately. Through different, through different kinds of adoptions. Okay. Um, but the point of the, the film also is that it really isn't relevant um, the kind of adoption that uh, any of the uh, adoptees in the film. You had international, and you had domestic, and you had probably foster care. Agency, we have children who, who were in foster care for some period of time. I think that the message to it is not what type of adoption um, you ha and how you entered your family, but the fact that you your family was formed through adoption and just how you feel about that, how you be feel about the fact that you have been adopted. I thought the questions were great that you asked. That were, and the, the, the whole theme is very soft that a, a adoptee or anybody at any age would enjoy watching. 
Well, we, we wanted to get that across the field by looking at, you know, I think the youngest adaptee in the film is about five years old, and then we wanted to look at some adults. And the, the message, too, is, is really you're a kid. You're just a, a regular, ordinary kid that plays soccer and baseball or a brilliant violin or, or mm. you know, mod, does modeling, um, and, and you just do regular family things, and you go on vacations, and you celebrate the different holidays and, and cultures that your adoptive family has embraced. And then we wanted to hear how they felt about the fact that they had been adopted or how they, what their thoughts might be about their birth families or their birth parents. And then the final message is really looking to the future, that you can be anything you want to be, whether or not you're adopted. And, you know, the, the reach for the stars, be whatever you can. Yeah, I think it's great. And you have a birth mom that discusses some really some uh, deep thoughts she had, which I thought was very, um, very was wonderful that you had that included in there, too. Why do you think adoption is often um, the focus of media attention? Well, clearly over the last few decades, adoption has become much more mainstream and, and just uh, society, it, there, there are so many people in society affected by adoption and because it, historically it has been so secretive and, and sort of you know, had a negative aura about it, now it's, it's something that most adoptive families share openly about the fact that they have been formed through adoption by whatever means. And I think most of us, I know certainly in my experience, I find that just about everybody I talk to either has been affected by adoption or knows a family that has their, you know, roommate from college, their next door neighbor, friends in church. Everybody really does know someone who's adopted. And interestingly, when we were, we were filming uh, the, the documentary, no matter where we were on location, and, you know, people would ask us what we were doing and we explained it was a film about adoption. Well, they had either, you know, they were an adoptive parent or uh, they themselves were adopted and it just, it, it's just everywhere. And I think the media, um, although the media tends to let on to more sensational stories, but there, there is just more interest in adoption because it, it's just more pervasive in society in a good way. Yeah, I think so, too. In your film, you have a grade school teacher teaching a very young group of students, and she shares with her class that she's adopted. And in that, a young girl raises her hand for the first time, and she talks about adoption. She was proud. And the adoptive mom, the mother of this little girl, had said, you know, this is really a breakthrough. I thought that was really impressive. Well, um, definitely for the little girl who was adopted herself to find out that her first grade teacher was also adopted, it's just very validating. And I think that, you know, that's the point of the film, too. It's just for, for kids who have been adopted, it's always great for them to see other kids and other role models and adults who have gone on to become police officers and first grade mm -hmm. teachers and international book publishers. We wanted to show some very positive role models. And, of course, everyone's aware of some of the more famous movies movie stars who also have been adopted like Faith Hill. It just, they can relate, you know, they have something in common with someone else who has been adopted, but they also see that, you know, they play soccer just like they do or they play baseball just like they do. It's just, you're a regular kid, but it's kind of neat to be able to relate to another kid um, who has also been adopted. Yeah, the, the quality of the film is phenomenal. I have to tell you, we see a lot of films and a lot of, uh, you did a great job in the quality and the details in it. Um, and um, I, I look at all that type of thing and it's really important uh, that people know that. And we're going to, we're, today I share with our new people coming in uh, late that we are speaking today to um, Flory. Um, Flory has, is an adoption attorney and she is a filmmaker, Flory Herman, and we're speaking today about her film, documentary film, I Have Roots and Branches. 
and we're going to share with, uh, we have people that have already emailed today asking where they can find this documentary, and I would like to share that now and then later at the end of the program. If you could share with us where we can uh, purchase that, that would be great. Sure. Well, the film is available in a number of places. Um, my website, adoptvideo.com, is one of them. It's available on Amazon.com. Uh, everyone's probably heard of Adoption.com in the bookstore. It's available through Adoption.com. It's available through AdoptShop.com. And it's That's also great. available through AdoptionBooks.com and EmbracingTheChild.com. And I've also just um, contracted with a national distribution. And it should be everywhere in the next few months, Barnes & Noble, Borders, Media Play, you name it, it should be there. Well, I think this is a great um, film to give to anybody considering adoption or that has adopted children. You know, one of the questions we get in is, how can I tell my child they're adopted? And I think this is a nice intro for a child to watch because it's visual. Kids are so um, visual now with watching TV and video in front of the computer. Um, this is something they can sit and watch and absorb, and I thought it was very positive. Well, um, well you know, I, I agree. We've, we've tested it, you know, and, and we've had not children who weren't adopted watch it. Of course, we've had lots of kids who have been adopted watch it, and they've been really riveted from beginning to end at all different ages. And I think it's just because children relate to other children, their body language, the things they say, the way they say things. And just watching these kids, I, you know, I purposely... Um, you know, when I was thinking of how the format would go, in the first, I believe, seven minutes, there isn't really anything about adoption. You're just seeing kids doing things that kids do, and that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted to introduce them first as children. And then share also adults, which is great. Yes, and, and the adults too, but doing teams, things yeah. that they love to do um, and just sort of, because that's really who they are first. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about just being, being you and being unique and, and having interests and, and hobbies and talents, and then we move the story into um, adoption issues. Yeah. How do you think, um, in, in through this whole thing, you've done a lot of research on this, how has adoption reform impacted the way society views adoption? Well, we've definitely come a, a long way. I mean, as I said before, traditionally adoption was, was not treated very openly or very positively. And sadly, especially for the birth parents involved, mm -hmm. um, they were treated somewhat shamefully and disrespectfully. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in fact, they're doing the most incredible selfless act that anyone can even imagine, no matter what the circumstances are, whether your child was adopted internationally. A birth mother somewhere made this decision in some way. And even adoptive families in the past used to pretend that children weren't adopted, and, and 30 and 40 and 50-year-olds would ultimately find shocking papers in a basement somewhere, you know, that they were adopted and never knew it. And, you know, the, reform, the adoption reform movement is to bring more openness, more positiveness, and to create a much more healthy environment for all of our children. Um, and the whole triad, the birth families, the adoptive families, and the adoptees involved, so that they live their lives knowing that adoption is a great and wonderful thing to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about open adoption? You know, I think it, if the parties are comfortable with whatever level of openness, um, that, that, then they need to take that path that works for them. And in my practice, a lot of my adoptive parent clients and birth parents have also, you know, approached this subject. And I've always looked at it as a spectrum. I really think that there's no, there's no true definition of absolutely open. I think it's a question of openness and how much both sides or both members of the triad want to share with each other. And I think it's a continuum. I think you start out in one place and there may be some hesitation and um, not distrust, but just uncertainty about, about the idea of sharing identities and that kind of thing. And, and then I think as you become more comfortable in your shoes as parents, 
um, you may tend to be to consider you know sharing more and more information, possibly getting together. But again, there are all different levels of openness and adoption that start with completely closed through sharing information, letters, cards, and pictures in a non-identified way, and then totally open adoptions with visitation and, and that, those kinds of things. Well, that was very well said. <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, adoption attorney filmmaker Flori Herman will share more about her film, You Have Roots and Branches. We'll be right back after this break. I like just sitting around on a fine, fine day. Lifetime Adoption facilitates domestic adoptions of infants and older children nationwide. They have customized plans to fit any need and handle open as well as semi-open adoptions. Lifetime Adoption has a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week birth mother contact line. All of their services are private and confidential, and financing is available. Visit their website at www.lifetimeadoption.com and see their over 80 online adoption family profiles. You can also visit the Birth Parents Seeking Families page. That's www.lifetimeadoption.com. Is Dr. Peter Towns. I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant. Today, more and more student-athletes are bypassing college and heading straight to the pros. Matt Bush, Freddie Adu, LeBron James. Discuss the benefits and pitfalls of going pro on the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moye and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks provides straightforward, no-nonsense talk about the current and sometimes controversial topics facing student-athletes and their parents today. Agents want to make money. Schools want the publicity. The Sport Mavericks wants what's best for you. So whether you or your child is thinking about bypassing college or looking for the best university to showcase their talents, listen to the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moye and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks, smart talk for parents and athletes. My name is Larry Lippman, host of Employee Benefits Radio on voiceamerica.com. I am America's Voice. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. My name is Stephen Chagrin, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hi, it's Sky and Denny. Come be a fly on the wall every Thursday at 1 p.m. You're a guest at Sky and Denny's Cocktail Hour. Hop in to meet the inner circle of business experts, self-help advisors, celebrities, and other fascinating guests as they share their secrets for personal, business, and financial success. Our inside tips will help you be more successful in starting or running a business. Please join us for the Cocktail Hour every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Internet Leader in Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. This is voiceamerica.com. America's Voice. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. If you would like to participate in today's program, 
you can email Marty at info at letstalkadoption.com. Now, once again, here's Marty. Well, welcome back. And today we're speaking with filmmaker and adoption attorney, Flory Herman, also an adoptive mom, with the, about her new um, film that she has coming out, documentary film, that uh, we're so excited to be able to present here today. Uh, you Have Roots and Branches is the name of her film. We're going to be discussing more. I want to share with you next week, Elizabeth Mallory, the director of No Child Left Out, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization of volunteers dedicated to helping children in desperate situations worldwide. She's going to join us to share her vision of the future for the world orphans and how you can help, too. So that will be for next week's program. Lori, before we left, we were discussing a little bit about um, the, the, the society's views of adoption. And one of the things I want to touch and find out from you is some examples of positive and negative language, uh, adoption language. Um, this is a hot topic, and I think it's important. And I want to get your viewpoint on that. Definitely a hot topic and something that I've also evolved as an adoption professional and as a parent um, in incorporating positive adoption language into my everyday um, world. And I think a lot of adoptive parents, certainly pre-adoptive parents, start out and use sort of the societal um, just terms that, that we as a society have just gotten used to that don't necessarily portray adoption in a positive way. For example, you know, when, when adults or people used to find out that somebody was adopted, they might ask the adopting, well, who are, who are your real parents? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, now the reform movement and the promoters of positive adoption language consider, um, you know, birth or biological parents to be birth or biological parents, not real or natural parents. And, um, you know, other examples would be uh, in, in terms of a birth mother making a plan to place her child for adoption in the past and historically, um, society would consider her to give up her child or give away her child. And again, though the, the, that sort of negative characterization is just something that is not a, a healthy uh, you know, a, a healthy way for an adopted child to hear about the circumstances surrounding their adoption. So those are just some very obvious examples, again, um, for a birth mother to keep her child uh, is a negative uh, way of looking at her decision to parent her child as opposed to place her child for adoption. And in, in our home, our children only hear you know, hear these kinds of things in positive ways. So it's just not, in their mind, it's just normal. It's every day. It's matter of fact. And it's not bad or negative. It's just the way we phrase things can make such a difference. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. Have you found that adoptees uh, consistently use positive lang adoption language? You know, not for the most part. I definitely think those of us who have done contemporary adoptions in the last probably one to two, to 10 to 20 years, you know, have certainly been incorporating, you know, we, I think most of us have taught our children that they were placed for adoption, they weren't given away, things like that. But at the end of the list, there's this stickler um, of the positive present tense um, uh, sentence, I am adopted. The promoters of positive adoption language have considered that to be negative, I am adopted. The more positive suggested way uh, to use that phrase would be, I was adopted, meaning it was an occurrence that happened once, it happened in the past. And I've found in my experience, just you know, as a parent, as someone who attends lots of adoption functions with kids who have been adopted, and in, and in making the film, that the kids, when it really comes down to what, how they say it and how they feel comfortable, is they are proud to say, I am adopted. Um, it was confusing for them if they were challenged or, you know, or, or, or we tried to point out, you know, do you think it might be more positive if you, if you said, I was adopted rather than I am adopted? And some of their responses were, well, what do you mean I, 
I was adopted. I'm not, I'm not anymore. And, you know, it just, I think it's splitting hairs when it comes down to certain um, phrases that uh, the positive adoption language movement, you know, that the guidelines suggest. And I think you just have to keep it in perspective. Their guidelines and their suggestions, for the most part, it's a great thing. Children have to hear positive, they have to have self, they have to have self-esteem about the adoption. They should never feel uh, that the fact that they haven't adopted is, is a negative thing, but I, I think that you have to, you can't miss the forest for the trees. If, if an adopted, uh, a child who was adopted here, we're not even supposed to say they are an adopted child. They are a child who was adopted. Mm -hmm. You know, if they feel positive about themselves and considering themselves to be adopted as opposed to having been adopted, there's really nothing wrong with that. And I think that is really what comes most naturally to them, no matter how much we adopted parents may want to influence them otherwise. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't think there's anything negative about it. I think create, by suggesting it's negative is actually creating a negative spin and innuendo that just doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. I think the negativity is, is when you are characterizing someone as an adopted person when it's just not relevant to what you're talking about. For example, if a, if a you know, news story um, it cites, uh, you know, see Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise's adopted children playing on the beach in Santa Monica. Well, what in the world does the fact that they were adopted have to do with the fact that they're on the beach? Mm -hmm. So again, if it's not relevant to the story, I would agree that it doesn't belong there and it's inappropriate to label the children in that way. Yeah, I, in my, you know, in my film, which is about adoption, um, clearly, you know, I, I don't see any, you know, problem with these children naturally expressing the fact that they say, I am adopted. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that um, children, um, it depends on how the parents uh, perceive this, and I think the education needs to come first from the parents um, that understand the language. And a lot of times, you know, we go into life and we're not thinking always about adoption, and it's new for everybody. And I know yes. that, um, you know, people have used, oh, that, you know, she's putting her child for adoption. Well, I explained to them that they put slaves up on the auction block. And, just, you know, and so if you give them a story on why that's inappropriate, they quickly say, They get oh, it. Yeah, they get it. Yeah. Instead of saying, well, that's not the right language, they go, why? Right. Well, they do get it, but they never had an awareness of it until you pointed that out. And that's exactly. something we, we have to keep, we have to perpetuate in society. We have to keep this movement going, and we have to create a positive awareness of adoption and, and continue to do that. I think we're all guilty of it. I mean, there's times when um, the situation, and because I'm so involved with adoption, when I see a mixed family, I sometimes will assume, but I don't dare ask because I, I know that they hate that. And the same thing with my situation. My son, um, when he was little, um, didn't look a lot like me, and people would always ask. Now, yeah. older, there's not, it's not a question at all, but I think that that is something that there's a privacy level there, too. And I know in your film, you, you mentioned a family that's a Caucasian family that adopted um, and two Asian children, and yeah. uh, they're on vacation, and, uh, and, and I think in Hawaii, and the little the girl, the teenage girl, is asked, oh, are you here as a friend of um, this girl? And she says, no, I'm her sister. Thank you very much. Right. Because <laughs> her so, sister's blonde and, and yes. blue-eyed, and, and she's uh, Korean. Yes. And, um, I, you know, as adoptive families, we all go through this. My, I have, you know, I'm a brunette, and, and my daughter was always a toehead. She's very blonde now, and she's 12 years old. And we have often, you know, we're, uh, throughout the years, oh, where do you get your blonde hair? And, you know, depending on the circumstances, are we on the grocery line at, at the store or a million exactly. people listening? Not that we're ashamed of it, but it just has to be the right time to, to either, you know, explain why. My, my great answer was, she doesn't get it from me. <laughs> and that was always the truth. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, of course, Rachel has, 
has heard this question throughout her life, and sometimes she'll roll her eyes, and sometimes she'll look straight at the person and say, well, I get it from my birth mother. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, one of the things uh, that I feel passionately about, <clears throat> and, and certainly making the film I feel this way as well, is, is embracing and celebrating those differences that we have with our children who have been adopted. And, you know, those are things I love about them, that they, they don't necessarily resemble me, and, and that's, that's great. You know, that, I, I think that's important. And, you know, there's times when I will see someone, and I'll, I'll uh, with my son, you know, that woman looks just like your birth mother, um, and, and I'll use her first name, and, um, or, um, you know, you've got the most beautiful eyes, and, um, and I'll use her birth mother's name, she has the same beautiful eyes. And, and I think that that, that is so, that, that celebration of your child's roots, mm-hmm. um, that, that's the whole point of the, uh, of the roots and the branches, is a celebration of the roots from where they come, mm-hmm. and the branches that we gave, give them that mold them into where they will go and who they will become. And has, is that how you came up with the name of the, uh, the film, um, You Have Roots and Branches? It's a yeah. entry, has a wonderful tree, yeah. shows the branches and shows the roots. Yes. How did you come up with the name of the film? Well, I had seen some artwork that was actually done by a birth mother, and I sort of lost track of, of her and had to find her, but um, it was through another attorney uh, in the in the Quad A, the American Academy of Adoption Attorneys, of, of which I am a member. And this birth mother, who was an artist, um, had uh, has posters called, uh, you know, Adopt the family tree of an adoptee, and it was just a very artistic tree, and, and it had spaces uh, in the root in the roots for you to, if you if you could find out the information, or you had it to enter your child's birth family, mm-hmm. and in the branches, all of the um, adoptees. Uh, adoptive family members that that start from their adoptive parents and up from there. And <clears throat> I was just sort of moved by that poster, and we have them for our children, and we filled them in <clears throat> and framed them. That's great. And that's where I got the inspiration. That's great, because that's really important, I think, to have that gift also. We're looking for nice gifts for families. That's something we can use, too. We're going to take a quick break here for a moment, and, and then we'll be back with a few questions for Flory and into our adoption mailbag. Don't touch that mouse. Be right back. Lifetime Adoption facilitates domestic adoptions of infants and older children nationwide. They have customized plans to fit any need and handle open as well as semi-open adoptions. Lifetime Adoption has a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week birth mother contact line. All of their services are private and confidential, and financing is available. Visit their website at www.lifetimeadoption.com and see their over 80 online adoption family profiles. You can also visit the Birth Parents Seeking Families page. That's www.lifetimeadoption.com. My name is Karen Green, and I am America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com The bond between a mother and her child is a special one. It is full of joy and excitement, but also full of uncertainty and questions. Mothers, tune in to the definitive source for parental advice. Listen to Babies and Moms, Breastfeeding and Beyond every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. On the show, host Sheila Janikas will discuss a wide variety of topics related to raising your newborn child. Sheila will also welcome on expert guests who will inform, educate, and entertain you. Do it for yourself. Do it for your new child. Listen to Babies and Moms, Breastfeeding and Beyond with Sheila Janikas every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This is Beth Warren, host of Workworld's Radio Hour on voiceamerica.com. I am America's Voice. Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant. 
Today, more and more student-athletes are bypassing college and heading straight to the pros. Matt Bush, Freddie Adu, LeBron James. Discuss the benefits and pitfalls of going pro on the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moye and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks provides straightforward, no-nonsense talk about the current and sometimes controversial topics facing student-athletes and their parents today. Agents want to make money. Schools want the publicity. The Sport Mavericks wants what's best for you. So whether you or your child is thinking about bypassing college or looking for the best university to showcase their talents, listen to the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moye and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks, smart talk for parents and athletes. My name is John Jensen, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you are a self-published author or an independent publisher, you know how difficult it is to gain maximum exposure. For the latest ways to increase publicity for your work, tune into On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Maxine will interview thriving independent authors and give you the opportunity to call in and have your questions answered. She will also teach you fresh and innovative ways to gain more visibility and enhance sales for your book. The printed word has the ability to record culture and make history. Once again, that's On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. Make your words count on voiceamerica.com. This is voiceamerica.com, America's voice. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. If you would like to participate in today's program, you can email Marty at info at letstalkadoption.com. Now once again, here's Marty. Well, welcome back, and uh, today we're speaking with Flori Herman. Um, she's sharing about her film, You Have Roots and Branches, which is a, um, it's a DVD, and um, it's available um, at her site. Uh, Flori, if you could share that site again where people can find this wonderful film. Absolutely. It's, it's adoptvideo.com. As well as Amazon.com, AdoptionBooks.com, Adoption.com, AdoptShop.com. If you just search for Adopt, uh, you know, I Have Roots and Branches, you should find it. Right, so just put that down. And if anybody missed that, you can always email us at the info um, at Let'sTalkAdoption.com, and we'll be happy to send that information over to you. Um, we have, uh, I have a few questions before we close today that I want to make sure we cover. And um, one of them is, uh, you know, so many of us have been touched by adoption worldwide, and... Um, you know, why do you feel we're so passionate about it? It's it's just something that you eat, live, and breathe when you've been touched about it. I think it's it's marveling at at the you know unbelievable love that you have for your children. You just the, the fact that that you know you you are a parent through this means, and that you are just constantly celebrating and being as much of a family as any other family formed through any other means. I think, too, that I know my part, um, even though I had a very difficult adoption, I still very much love my birth mother. Um, I couldn't help but love her. I never, I never felt any other way for her. I think she loved the same child I did. And I, I think of her every day. Um, I, I, I pray for her. I hope she's doing well and that um, she has a wonderful life. And, and though we're not in, in constant contact, um, I think that, you know, without the birth mothers and some birth fathers that are involved, we would not be mommies and daddies. No, we would not. I mean, we have to be grateful to them no matter what the circumstances of the placements or terminations were because what, whatever, whatever that path led our children to us, mm-hmm. it, it was just 